our God is good all the time, and His goodness doesn't depend on our lives being what we call good. You know, and that was a huge lesson the Lord taught me, that I could delight in Him and praise Him and even witness to people in the midst of my hair falling out. Hey, I'm Mary DeMuth, and this is The Restory Show, and today I am welcoming Denise Pass. Denise, welcome to the show. Well, hey there, Mary. Thank you so much for having me. Well, I know that you have a pretty amazing and incredible story to share with Restory listeners today, so why don't you go ahead and start your story, and we will uh, talk back and forth and share all the things that you want to share today. Awesome. Well, back in 1969, just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, there's so much that the Lord has done in my life, but uh, basically, I'm the story of a girl who wanted to play it safe. My whole life was just... I was very timid and very shy, and I just wanted to know that I was going to be safe. And I just didn't realize how much fears controlled me. And uh, I was around um, 12 years old when I had been approached by someone who tried to sexually abuse me. And I actually had three different instances happen that year. And in the same year, my parents got divorced, and I thought, my safe world is blown apart. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you go through childhood just trying to, you know, I I tried to go to church. I tried to know the Lord. I would even go around telling people, smile, God loves you. But in my heart, I really hadn't fully understood what that meant. Um, When I was uh, 19 years old, I had really been going through a difficult time. And my mom must have known that. She snuck into my room and switched my radio alarm clock to a Christian radio station. <laughs> yeah. I have been uh, listening to classic rock and I woke up the first morning and I was like, what is this? <laughs> I'm not listening to this. But um, the next morning it happened again. And the third morning I decided I was going to listen. And I uh, gave my life to Christ right there in my bedroom. And the Lord just reminded me of a prayer I had said when I was five years old. I had asked him, I had had a dream that my family had all died in a car accident, and I was weeping in my dream, and I was before his throne in heaven. It was a very wild dream for a little girl, and I begged God for mercy, and I begged for a second chance, and when I was saved that day, the Lord reminded me of those words, and he said, second chance. It's salvation. It's being born again, and, you know, neat little add-on to this, my brother, uh, my oldest brother, three years later, was uh, riding in a motorcycle, and he got in a really bad accident, and was flipped up in the air 20 feet, laying on the ground, and he said he heard me praying for him to have a second chance. Wow. He called to tell me he gave his life to Christ right there at the motorcycle accident. So here's, you know, 19 years old, newly saved, my brother got saved, here's a girl full of hope. And I, I said, Lord, I'm, I'm giving my life to you. I'm not going to date. I'm going to trust you for me. I just want to do mission work. I want to do whatever you want me to do, you know? And, uh, I got persecuted heavily at university of Maryland for being so radical. And, uh, you know, I married a man who loved Jesus, who did Bible studies and he, um, Seemed like God's man for me, and I believe that he was. But through our marriage, it became evident that maybe there were some things in his background I was not aware of. And 
in the midst of um, adopting our youngest son uh, that the Lord had put on my heart to adopt, it became apparent that he had been sexually abused as a child. My husband, ex-husband had. And uh, throughout that whole adoption process was very bittersweet because there's this amazing process of adopting a little guy and just seeing God, so many analogies of how God adopts us and, you know, saves us. And, but then at the same time was a revelation that there's something in my soon to be ex-husband's background that I didn't know about. And long story short, uh, he had sexually abused some of our children and that wouldn't be revealed to me for another year from that date when I realized that he had been sexually abused as a child. So take us to that place where, I mean, this must, this must have been pretty shocking, uh, obviously, but were there, you know, looking back, was besides finding out that he had been abused, were there other things now as you look back that might have been um, indications of what he was doing? You know, no, he was so, uh, he covered it so well. But I will say before we got married, I point blank asked him if he'd ever been sexually abused. I asked him tough questions because I wanted to go into marriage like, let's be real with each other. This is my plan. I want a safe place for my kids. Again, safe girl. And, uh, you know, he lied to me is really what it is. And, um, the Lord revealed it to me. Um, it was on December 7th, 2007. I'll never forget the night before God woke me up and said, I have a song for you. See, God always would give me songs in the middle of the night. I'm a worship leader and I write songs and everyone was asleep. And I went downstairs, but I felt this incredible terror in my heart. I didn't know why. And I just began to weep and I just was playing the piano. I was like, God, what is going on? And I felt a presence of evil. And I've never felt that, you know, when writing songs, because all my songs are worship songs. But I went to bed, you know, just praying and went to bed. And the next morning when I woke up, the Lord said, ask your husband, say, God says you have something to tell me. And I thought, I... I don't know what that means. Uh, You know, I I, uh, felt this just, you know, you just feel this pit in your stomach and you kind of just feel like everything's surreal. You know, the Lord's revealing something to you and you don't really want to, you don't want to know. It's too painful to even consider. But in my heart, I just had this inclination, something is wrong and he wouldn't tell me. And so that whole day, as I went to go minister with my children at a nursing home, God whispered to my heart again and said, Ask your daughter how she slept last night. Oh, my. Okay. And so you must have. I did. And uh, it's, um, I can't really adequately put into words what we went through. I can tell you the compassion I have for people now when, you know, you don't, you don't ask for these things in life. You know, you think you're going to do the right thing and this is going to happen, but there at that place, God met me. You know, it was five years of court battles and being accused that followed that process. And throughout all of it, this this girl who sought to always hope in God, who 
you know, would share and lead Bible studies, suddenly found herself at a place of, oh, God, where, where are you? Do you see me right now in court being falsely accused? Do you see these things happening? How did I get to this place? And um, that's really where my, my book, Hope Reinvented, came from, was I started blogging in 2014, sort of processing after God gave me complete victory in that whole court um, situation I walked through. It was processing and saying, I need to know the promises you have, God, are for me. And I hungered and thirsted for God throughout the whole court process. We were just in our word, my children and I. And But at the end of it, you, you feel this, I don't know how to describe it. It's PTSD. I mean, it's, did I really go through all that? <laughs> Who am I now? What is my new normal? How do we adjust to this? Um, and so God met me in such a sweet place and so many lessons you know, at one point, my daughter, one of my daughters came up to me and said, Mom, you're IY Day. And what she meant by that was we had read a story about Gladys Aylward, who was a missionary to China. And I homeschooled all my children, five children I have. And um, we studied this woman. And when she told me that, that phrase means virtuous one. And she was watching me and she was saying, Mom, that's you. And what God said to me when she said that was the very thing that he called Gladys to, to rescue hundreds of Chinese children. He was calling me to a mission. Would I accept it from his hand? As hard as it was to go to that court day in and day out. I mean, day in and day out to go through all that I had to go through to protect my children. And yes, I would. I would accept that mission. And at the very end of that, mission. I ended up being hospitalized with a severe case of pneumonia. I think my body just finally gave out. And uh, there in the hospital, nine days, uh, I was just like, Lord, here I am, send me. And I was just praying. And he showed me when I opened my eyes, even here, Denise, will you let me send you here? So throughout the whole process, this girl who wanted to be safe, saw that my God was enough through court, through divorce, through sexual abuse, through sickness where I almost died. All those unsafe things I never would have volunteered for. And yet my Savior chose that suffering that I wanted to avoid. And so when I consider that, you know, I, I, I thank him. I come to a place of this hope that I thought I had before doesn't even compare to the hope that you get when your God walks through the fire with you, through the waters. You will not be burned because he upholds you. And, you know, all the bitterness, all the things that you can get in the middle of that, the Lord dealt with those too. <laughs> because I remember crying out and saying, oh God, you know, why are we suffering for his sin? Why are we bearing the consequences? And he just whispered to me and said, Denise, I wasn't angry with you when I bore your sin. And I thought, oh, I'm, not, I'm just going to let it go. I'm going to forgive. And I'm going to pray for people who've hurt us. But, you know, 
because his whole family ended up suing me as well. And it was a, it was just a nightmare experience. But I can truly say the hope I have now, you know, people say, oh, would you walk through it again if you had to? Well, none of us would say, I want to go through that again. But I would not want to not have what I have with the Lord right now. You know, so he's faithful. He is. And and you're right. I mean, the sanctification journey, growing closer to Christ, comes when we're tried and tested. (laughs) And so you've definitely walked through that. Um, Take me back a little bit. You asked your daughter how well she slept that night, and then she told you something that happened. And how did it come about that everything came out? Like, what was that moment like? And, And how did you react? And what did your stomach feel like? And I mean, I just can't imagine what that must have been like. Yeah, completely numb, completely like you're there, but you're not there. And uh, like someone punched you about a hundred times and you're going to minister at a place in the midst of it. My poor daughter also had a parasite. I had driven to a gastroenterologist. You know how when something bad happens in your life, it's like everything bad happens. And it was just like, really, God? I mean, really? You know, but, uh, yeah, we were, I was completely, um, I couldn't stop weeping. We actually went to a small group, a new small group that night, and my, you know, now ex-husband was just his normal self, all cheerful. And I, I thought, I'm sorry, I can't, I don't understand how you can be okay. You know, and, and he hadn't revealed to me yet what he had done. So I told him that the Lord told me and that we weren't coming home that night. And, um, you know, the unfolding of it was more painful than I can even describe to you. But I know two verses that greatly helped me. And one was in Job where Job said his advocate was on high and he intercedes for me. So at that point, I knew that God was interceding. And even though I could not handle, I couldn't. It was too much. Paul even spoke about in Corinthians. He said, we were under great pressure, far beyond our ability to endure. But this happened that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. That became my life verse throughout because I said, you know, God, if you can raise the dead, if you can do that, that this mess right here that I have no idea how I'm going to make it through this. You can handle that too. That's so good. Uh, I, you know, one of the things that I love about just this show is these amazing stories. And uh, just a quick little shout out if you'd like to consider becoming uh, listeners here to become a Patreon sponsor of the Restory Show, I would really appreciate it. I'm working on some exclusive new benefits for patrons, including a secret podcast just for them every month. So, uh, if you're interested in helping um, listen to more stories like Denise's, just you'll find the Patreon button in the show notes of today's show. Denise, I want to, um, I, I appreciate what you have to say about you know the scripture that God gives you in the midst of these stresses. And what kind of role did scripture play for you as you were walking through all of this? Oh, huge. Um, people know me as, <laughs> I tell everyone, you got to have a Bible reading plan every year. You know, it is meeting with God in that secret place. It has become such a refuge for me. And 
when I began my blog, it really just came out of my time of just simply a Bible reading plan of just spending time with God, writing down verses as fast as I could write them and holding on to them for dear life. And, you know, all my children rededicated their lives to the Lord in the process of what we were going through. We went, we would read scripture together. And, um, you know, I think in the Psalms, it, I, I can't remember the exact citation, but that, that we have hope that there's hope in the land of the living. Right, right. The goodness of God in the land of the living. Yes. And, and there's different versions to that, too. But for me, our God is good all the time. And his goodness doesn't depend on our lives being what we call good. You know, and that was a huge lesson the Lord taught me that I could delight in him and praise him and even witness to people in the midst of my hair falling out. <laughs> I mean, I, I was physically going through so much because I was going through so much. I mean, I'll tell you another side story in the midst of it all. The court messed up on the documentation and there's a little check mark on the back of the form which said, you shall not buy any firearms. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, uh, we had two robberies in our neighborhood, and one of them, the Lord had kept me up all night praying against the intruder. I didn't even know what was going on, and I stayed up till four in the morning praying. And another friend called me at eight o'clock and said, Denise, what is going on with you? The Lord woke me up at four to pray for you against the intruder. And I'm like, what? And come to find out, there was a robbery next door. And another neighbor said they saw a man standing at the end of my driveway at two in the morning. And so my son, you know, being a boy, my oldest son, said, Mom, you know, I know your prayers. Uh, and I know that you, the Lord has been hearing you and he's protecting us. But can you buy a gun? <laughs> I, I was like, well, let me, let's go and let's all learn about guns and gun safety. And let's go to the shooting range and, you know, let's learn about this and think about it. Uh, eventually, I decided to go ahead and buy a gun. Well, Homeschool mama shows up to buy the gun. I had my kids at home. I thought, I'll just go do this on my own. And uh, short story here, um, I ended up being arrested. Oh, wow. <laughs> In the middle of pure chaos. And it was because evidently I wasn't allowed to buy a firearm. And it was a mistake. But nonetheless, they had to go through the process. And I had to have handcuffs and go to the police station and there again, safe little girl, <laughs> like, what in the world are you doing, Lord? You know, I, I, it's just, can I go through one more thing? And evidently, yes, I could. <laughs> There's more to come. But in the middle of all of that, I clung to his word. It was my very life. It was my hope. And I learned to search his word um, more diligently you know, that's really where my blog and my writing comes from. That's so good. And as I'm um, hearing the story, I, I kind of need to just know the timeline a little bit better. So you, you told us the day, because there's so much going on. So you told us the day that you found out was, was that was in 2010. Is that correct? 2007. 2007. Sorry. And then how long was this process? You said five years, but tell, just take us on a little snapshot of pictures of along the way until you kind of resolved what went on. Not that we ever resolved that, but you know what I'm saying? <laughs> hey, you know, I'm still resolving some, but I'm, I, I'm writing a book called Shame Off You right now. And that is even more of the testimony of how much shame 
you get steeped in when you go through trials in this life and how God can meet you there and just remove your shame too. But yeah, so a, a snapshot is adopting my son, 2006, 2007, you know, revelation of sin in the camp, 2008, right there in January, I'm in court. Um, he's found innocent. We, we go through all of this manipulation and visitation and, then even more revelation that a mom never wants to hear. And back in another investigation, found guilty in 2010 of criminal investigation. Then uh, still in court because he's demanding visitation. And by the way, his whole family is. And so uh, it was a couple more years of that. In the midst of all that, I managed to finally get divorced from him. And, you know, I was one of those, you you just don't ever get divorced. I'm just going to have to figure out a way to, you know, we obviously can't live together. The kids aren't going to want to see him. I don't know how I'm going to work this out. I was told by my church I was in sin if I got a divorce. I mean, it was, everything was coming down on me. And, um, you know, Matthew 5 says that, you know, you can, there can be divorce for pornea. That is any and all sexual immorality, and people get legalistic on things, but, um, you know, our God is compassionate. And uh, so I walked through the divorce, and at my church, I was asked to go serve at a different church. I left the church that was accusing me of uh, being in sin, and they were enabling uh, my ex-husband, covering it up. And um, so when I went to a new church there— there was a, a man on the worship team who is now my, what I call my kinsman redeemer. And the Lord uh, brought a man into my life who has brought so much healing. And I, I remarried. And um, just an example of God's grace and protection for this girl who felt completely out of safe zone. <laughs> so I married um, my husband in 2010. And we were still in the court process of uh, the all the visitation stuff. And so that would take yet another couple years. Uh, 2012, um, we lost in court at the beginning of 2012. We, My husband now had lost his job at the same time. Um, God revealed to me it would be a nine-month-long job loss. And it was God met us at every point. He met us. But it doesn't mean that we won't go through hard things. And so uh, walking through all of that, God just gave peace. But it was it was a sweet time with my husband when we had a job loss because we would just do devotions together instead of him being at work, you know. <laughs> but um, in November 2012 was when we went to court again. And there God finally just brought this all-encompassing victory and shut the door for any more, you know, legal hearings, which I had been told you're going to be in court the rest of their own. And I just, I couldn't believe that. I couldn't receive that. I was just like, no Lord, you know, please. Cause it, there's people don't know unless you've walked through court, just how horrible of an experience it is. Um, that's why that scripture was so meaningful to me that, you know, we're under great pressure. Paul was under great pressure. We will be in this life sometimes. We may experience anxiety, depression, but God is bigger than even those things. And, you know, I, you know, even sitting in the court, um, 
I remember my children had to testify and I, I had protected them from that for years. I didn't want them to go through that. And they pushed for that. And I was just weeping. I couldn't hold my weeping. And I was just crying out to God and God strengthened my children. You know, it's when we, we fear, we get into fear. I think we're imagining the future apart from God's grace. You know, the hope he has for us is certain. It's not a wish. It's not a trivial desire. It's certain. And so when we go through the bumps in this life and the different oh, curveballs we never wanted thrown at us, we have to know that our sovereign God is over it all. And he catches our curveballs. He covers us. Um, doesn't mean we won't suffer. He didn't promise that. But he will protect us. You know, throughout. I love that. And how, you know, that, that thankfully got, you know, finally resolved. Um, how has the recovery and the healing been for your kids that have walked through this terrible situation? Yes. Uh, you know, uh, amazing. For one thing, God was merciful. You know, his revelation meant, you know, uh, we could be sharing a much different testimony here today. You know, God was kind. Um, I don't really want to go into the details of it, but I will say this, that my children know God, they love God. And, you know, even last night I'm sitting talking with our pastor and his wife and my husband, hearing my oldest daughter testify to God's healing and what he's done. But, you know, it's hard. It was excruciating. And as a mom trying to guide them through that and be sensitive to their privacy when they wanted privacy, there were times where they just didn't want to talk. You know, they just, um, you can't really put into words when your own father does that to you, what that does to the human soul. And they, they needed um, years of healing, years of healing. And, and it still impacts them. I, I, I believe that even what I went through as a child, there is the effect that it has on you, but God redeems, right? So anything that we go through, we know he is going to use it for our good because that's his promise and his glory, even evil. And so, you know, what Satan meant for evil, well, my children, they, they are serious about their faith with God. And, you know, God has healed them. And uh, actually, one of my children uh, ha is on YouTube, and <laughs> he shares the gospel with so many people who uh, contact him. Another one of my daughters is going to start a YouTube channel. Um, I don't want to say the name of it yet, but I think it's incredible. And it's just about what it was like for her in that healing process. And the other one's been a missionary to two different uh, countries and loves God. So, you know, God isn't in the business of letting us be wounded and, and left there. He's, he's restorer of all things. He is. And, and you're right. There's always lasting effects, especially when there's trauma. Uh, but <laughs> because there's, there's just nothing you can do to get around the trauma. But, yeah, he does bring healing, of course. And what kind of advice would you give <clears throat> to someone in a similar situation, um, whether it be that they're being abused or they have discovered someone else's has harmed their child? You know, the first thing you do is you, you get out of Dodge. <laughs> um, you know, the Lord, I'm so thankful he revealed, even though my ex-husband didn't. Um, 
you don't don't doubt yourself. You know, if you have that gut instinct, something is not right. You know, there is no condemnation on you for protecting your children or yourself. And unfortunately, um, and even the church that I was at, there were many cases of sexual abuse that were hidden. And I was told I could not talk about it. And, you know, I look at the whole Me Too thing that's going on right now, and I'm actually very so grateful for that movement because shame, shame silences its victims. It, it, um, it's so prolific and so many people are hurting and in this place of feeling like they can't talk about it. I would say there's wisdom in it. You know, you want to make sure, um, you know, who I'm going to talk to about it. You know, it took me years to get to the point where I could even be on this show with you here today, Mary, because, you know, I, First off, even when I would go speak, I speak at different women's conferences about hope, and um, it will be this year about shame. But when I would go with my daughters, and they minister with me, and they play instruments and lead worship with me, and they came to me and said, Mom, it's okay. You can say that word, sexual abuse. You can tell your story, which includes us. (laughs) You know, they gave me that freedom, and I thought, well, I don't want to. That's my first response. I don't want to. <laughs> and, you know, you don't. It's not, this wasn't the testimony I wanted. You know, I, I used to be in ministry on radio and television, uh, writing Christian contemporary music, and that was good enough for me. <laughs> Homeschool mom, you know, love Lord. I didn't want all this drama. But I realize, you know, it's not about me. Um, it's telling his redeeming story and People need to hear it. They need to know that there's hope. So definitely guard your heart. Follow your instinct on that. Go into God's word first and foremost. Cry out to him. You know, at first it might be groans and utterances. It was for me. Um, Cry out and ask him to heal your heart and to give you wisdom. And another thing I had to do was... uh, because your mind just kind of goes nuts during those times. You, you have to get it off of your mind. And so um, I would read a lot of scripture, and then I would write down the things that God would bring to my mind scripture-wise, but also for court preparation. If there were details that he brought to my mind that I needed to write down, I'd record them and I'd set it aside. I, I didn't want to dwell on or think on things that were going to discourage me. I needed to think on God's truth. And so you had to kind of be organized for a court, and I had binders, and I had all this prep I had to do. But on the other side of that was I had to guard my heart to be not worried about all those things that were anxiety-producing, but focusing on his truth. I love that. I think it's, it's helpful for all of us in any situation, so thank you for sharing that. Uh, as you look back over the last year, how has God restoried your life just in this past 365 days? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, I can stand amazed at him because, again, the girl who wanted to play it safe is now the girl who is starting a podcast, who is going to be published by Abingdon Press in the fall, telling a story she didn't want to tell. And not afraid anymore. And all the things, all the times when I said, 
I've got to protect myself. Or even you get some wild, crazy people when you stick yourself out there in ministry and, you know, you can kind of get afraid of that. And I finally realized my life's not mine anymore. It belongs to Christ. And so I I don't have to worry. I, I don't have to be afraid anymore. And so I've been set free. And I, I love, love, love to go and share the message of hope that God revealed to me because it's, it's I, I walked through the whole grieving process of what I went through. And at each place, disillusionment, grief, depression, how God met me with his word and I overcame and how I could let go of that one hand clutching, holding on to safety. Oh God, but if I don't look after myself, who will? to letting go, lifting my hands and saying, you're my God. My times are in your hands. And he, he knows what's best for me, you know. <laughs> Father knows best. And even, even though I used to fear, I'd say, I trust you, Lord. But there's a part of me that was like, what else? What else are you going to allow in? You know, could I, could I write or sing a song for you without having to go through it first? <laughs> <laughs> could I volunteer for that? <laughs> but... There's a yieldedness and a surrender that is so sweet, and that is what he's done in my life. Well, that is a beautiful story, Denise, and I thank you so much for sharing it with the Restory listeners today. Yes, thank you for letting me. Yes, it's just been great. Um, I'm going to pray for the listeners now, and so uh, let's pray. Jesus, thank you for Denise's story and uh, for all the things that she's come through. We pray for her children for continued healing. We praise you for um, your scripture and the way that you led her through. We thank you that she is a mom who fiercely protected her children. And I pray for those listening today who may be in a similar situation. Give them guts and bravery, Lord. We also stand against this pervasive sin of pornea and sexual abuse and all of the uh, strongholds that the enemy seems to have in the area of sexual deviance and uh, predatory things and we stand against that in Jesus name and we pray for more me too's and church twos and the stories to come out we pray that they would be exposed and um, that victims would be heard and that healing would come and Lord just shed your light on this very difficult subject we we trust you for for your victory and your power in the midst of difficult things. I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. So if you'd like to know more about today's show, just go to RestoryShow.com. And thanks to Denise, we can uh, say, may you live a brand new story this week.